this is Beyond the Code, and this is your hostess with the mostest, Pearl, all the way from the Bay. And today um, we have two phenomenal women who are going to shed lights on what is going on currently with the coronavirus and Black Lives Matter movement, sexual violence in Nigeria. There's just so much content, potentially harmful, that a lot of every social media users are currently viewing. And it is their hope to help, you know, create resiliency within us, like create the necessary skills to view this content. And so with me, I have Lily and Rachel. So I first met Rachel um, at the Human Rights Center, an amazing spirit, constantly always wearing purple lipstick. Like, it's her literally her signature look. Like, if you all could see her, she's like sporting a purple lipstick right now. Um, she is a cybersecurity um, enthusiast, an amazing, like, if you look at her LinkedIn right now, there's just so many skills, so many talents, so much experience in this beautiful young mind. And then we also have Lily. I haven't met her in person, fun fact. I, I literally was like, hey, I can help you. Like, let's work. Like, we have similar passions. And she also is, you know, very interested in international law, international development. Her middle name means Siri, is Siri, which means sweet victories. That's such an amazing name. So I'm going to, you know, figure out what her sweet victories have been <laughs> this past year. Because this year has been... A shit show. So without further ado, I'm going to allow them to introduce themselves. I'm going to start off with Rachel. So um, Rachel, you have the floor. Hi, everyone. And thank you so much, Pearl. You're amazing. Um, I'm Rachel. I just graduated from UC Berkeley with a degree oh, in, with a degree in interdisciplinary studies. Um, I made my own major, which was cybersecurity for human rights defenders. Um, So basically, I got super involved with the Human Rights Lab that Pearl also worked with um, at Berkeley Law. And in the process of kind of like researching online content associated with human rights abuses, um, I needed to keep myself and my team safe. So I got really, really interested in cybersecurity. Um, And now I do research with UC Berkeley Center for Long-Term Cybersecurity as well. Yeah, thank you so much. An amazing introduction. Cybersecurity in human rights, you said? That was yes. your discipline. That is amazing. Like creating your own course or, wow, I told you all, badass women here. So let's go off with Lily. Um, can you tell us about yourself and one sweet victory <laughs> for this year? Uh, so, yes. Hello. My name is Lily Siri Spira. Uh, for the full aesthetic of the name, it's L-I-L-I-S-I-R-I-S-P-I-R-A. Um, lots of eyes. And I also recently graduated from UC Berkeley with a degree in global studies, a track in development, an area of expertise in the Americas, and a minor in human rights. You got to take a breath when you're uh, spelling out that entire thing. So yes, also go Bears. And uh, like Rachel and Pearl, I also have been working, um, have worked with the Human Rights Center in the um, open source investigations lab we recruited on to actually make the new website for the center and then through that I got to know about the lab of junior year I joined the lab um, and then Rachel has actually been one of my lab managers for the past two semesters uh, but yeah and in terms of one sweet victory from this year um, I 
just this past year uh, started a human rights publication, the first one at UC Berkeley uh, called The Right Stuff. Rachel actually is one of the people that helped founded that, um, except she was so busy because she's so amazing um, that she left, but is always very active on our Slack you know, sharing events and news and stuff. And we actually not only started the publication in terms of online, but we recently put out our own print edition. Uh, so that's been very exciting. Right. Thank you so much. Um, for those people listening, um, yes, The Right Stuff recently launched their print publication and I was actually at the event and there are amazing editors, amazing contributors who have written incredible stories of various human rights events all over the world so please after this after you listen to this i'm going to send a link click on it buy a copy and you know support the initiative and so like i mentioned i have an editor-in-chief and i have a cybersecurity badass in my midst so we're going to move to a bit of icebreaker if you could be anything besides you know all the badass things that you are. So you're going to pick an animal right now and choose which animal would you be? Okay. So I'm going to go with my gut instinct, which is a tiger. Um, tigers were my favorite animals growing up. I had like multiple tiger stuffed animals and I named each one of them Tigy. Like every, I, I had probably five tiger stuffed animals and every single one of them was named Tigy. Um, aside from just my general love for them, I mean, you know, tigers are really badass and I hope to be that way. Um, I don't really have a better explanation than, um, than just my obsession with tigers as a child. Oh, it is. Well, thank you. Um, Rachel, how about you? I mean, I think I have to say butterfly because I'm wearing this necklace. Yeah, no, you're always wearing that necklace. <laughs> I'm always wearing a butterfly necklace, so I think I have to say butterfly. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think they're really, like, kind of at first glance, kind of, like, small and understated. But then when you move closer, there's, like, all this nuance and beauty. And so I like to think that that's a metaphor for how I am. I'm, like, 4'11", so, like, anyone who meets me in person, like, you do not know what I'm about until I start talking because... You will not be able to see me. Um, That's something I love about butterflies. Um, Yeah, Yeah, versus I am 5'8 and a lot of roar at first. (laughs) Look at y'all. So I have the eye of a tiger and, you know, a very beautiful butterfly. That is really interesting and cool. Um, I would say I don't know what my animal would be. I haven't really thought about it. But anything that is really elegant and just likes... Um, her own, I think it's the name. Okay, yeah, that thing. Just look up to me right now. But like, is a this peacock? bird? Yes, a peacock. Like the way they strut. Yeah, that would that would be me. Like I just, they're just really elegant, and like they want people to know that you know I'm the shit. <laughs> so I really like that about them. Um, even though <laughs> I took a test and says that my spirit animal was a tiger, so maybe in my spirit I have the strength of a tiger, but I have the elegance of a peacock. So moving on to the project itself. So the project um, that I started or just you know came up with is we I decided to call it Rated R. <laughs> um, we're just going to like go through you know the reason of the project, the reason for the projects, like why we felt that it would be needed in this time and crisis. Um, so for me, I was going to start off in just saying that 
um, as a black woman, like I know there are just a lot of traumatic events that have just, you know, happened in this short period. And also there are a lot of traumatic events that have happened to a lot of people of color even before this event. So seeing everything that's happening, I just feel like it can be very triggering. And especially because right now I feel like I hold space for two different worlds, being in America and also being from Nigeria, where right now there's just a lot of gender-based violence. Even actually throughout you know Africa, there's just been a lot of rape on women, killing in South Africa and Ethiopia. So there was just a lot going on that I feel, you know, talking about it as much as we're creating um, awareness can be also very triggering for people who have actually suffered or encountered like sexual violence, people who have been um, brutalized by the police or harassed. So I just like thought, okay, what can we do? How can we, you know, even if we can't be on the front line, what can we do to help those traumatic events being viewed on TV or on our screens? So that's how I, you know, thought of the Resiliency Project. And I thought of you both because you have worked on these type of projects. You've seen these type of videos on a bigger scale. And, you know, having worked at Human Rights Center, you guys have been assigned to at-risk countries to look out for um, videos that are likely to infringe on human rights, you know, you know, basically infringe human rights of these citizens. And you've had to take resiliency classes and training to be able to continue watching these videos and help out. So, you know, to the both of you, I'll start off with Lily. What, um, why were you excited to join this project? Um, basically, like when I said, oh, hey, please help me out. Like, what was the first thing that came to mind? Um, so one, I was really excited to join it because even though we've never met in person, I absolutely love you. And you. Uh, you know this. So I was like, oh my gosh, we get to work together. Because uh, we actually ne somehow never worked together at the HRC. Um, which is insane. And so um, the other thing is I'm, I'm really passionate about mental health and wellness overall. Um, I grew up in an environment where that stuff wasn't really promoted or welcomed, um, you know, and a lot of difficult things happened to me when I was fairly young and it was really hard myself to like struggle with those things and struggle with them without guidance from other people. I really had to do a lot of figuring it out for myself. Um, so I've always, I've always been really passionate about like supporting other people in their mental health journeys. And then for this project in particular, you know, I think that in order, you know, when thinking about resilience and the importance of resilience in part as an open source investigator and as a journalist and stuff like that you know resilience is important because we have to look at awful things constantly and that is our job and if and our jobs are really important because if we're not looking at these awful things and analyzing them you know people can get away with awful crimes um I mean, awful as an understatement, like terrible human rights violating crimes. Um, and then on another note, just as like a like civilian activist, like a lot of other people right now, you know, resilience, make sure that you can continue the good fight. I think a lot of people who are part of these movements are doing or who are trying to be, you know, even play their small part in these movements. Um, they really care and they really want to do good, but they can just completely burn out. And without 
you know, because they don't have the right training and because they don't have the right resources. And I'm really passionate about making sure that the people doing the good work they're doing can live to fight another day. And, you know, the only way we can really do that and stay in the game and make sure that this is more than a moment, that this really, you know, maintains movement and momentum is is by making sure that occasionally we do stop and and take a break, but then keep going, you know? So, so yeah. Yes. Thank you so much. Um, so coming to you, I'm Rachel as the cybersecurity, you know, analyst, enthusiast, and as a manager for a team um, at Humor Center, why were you, you know, excited to get on this project? Um, I mean, I was excited to share some of the knowledge that, I've learned in my time at the Human Rights Center and that I teach my teammates there, like with people in the broader space, because I think like this is a really exciting moment right now where like everyone's Instagram feed is like full of like, you know, activist content and everyone is actually coming to social media to learn and to grow, which is amazing. Um, and I think like this is the time for everyone to learn more about like all different types of security, right? And so like people a lot of times talk about like, you know, digital security comes up a lot and there's like a lot of freaking out about that. And we're seeing physical security come up a lot, right, with protests and like everyone sharing kind of like different ways to stay safe. But I'm seeing a lot less about psychosocial security. And I think you need to have that triangle, digital, physical, psychosocial in order for everything to work. Because if you yourself like aren't secure in what you're doing and aren't taking time to like be safe and be true to yourself, then like you're not going to be able to help anyone else. And people often forget that. And so I think like that's really, really important. And that's something that I like to stress. And I think like we, all three of us, were very lucky to have worked in environments where that is emphasized, um, you know, and like where mental health is emphasized and where like we're taught to kind of like think about, well, th taught to take space um, in a way that doesn't happen elsewhere. And I have a lot of even professionals like from the cyber world and like elsewhere coming to me and saying like, hey, like how can we integrate this like resilience curriculum that you're learning like into our lives? Mm -hmm. um, because people are starting to take notice like in the workplace and elsewhere that these issues are really important. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm excited to be able to share that with everyone who might be just kind of scrolling through their phones, like wondering how they can help and get involved. Right. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, so to your point, like the whole psychosocial security, I think that is very important. Like we don't see enough of that. And then to, you know, to that point, like who do you think our audience, you know, should be or is right now in relation to this project, Rachel? Yeah, so I mean, I think that our audience, like we are trying to reach as many people as possible. And I think our audience is just kind of like the everyday person just kind of like scrolling through their feed and kind of wondering how to make sense of all this information. Cause for a lot of people, like this is the first time they're learning about the prison industrial complex. And like, this is the first time they're learning about these patterns of violence that have been happening to black people and other people of color for years and years and years. And for those of us who look at that content all the time, like we've learned kind of some basic tips, how to kind of like sort through kind of like an onslaught of information and like stay safe. Right. Um, and so I think like our goal is for you know like everyone who's new who isn't used to opening up instagram and like seeing it become an activist space you know like that's who we're trying to kind of like right. help right yeah 
Thank you so much. I, I completely agree, especially now with the lockdown, like we're not in school, many of us are not going to work. It's like, we're just on our beds. Like, oh, okay, I'm just going to look at my phone before we'd be like, oh, let's see the next challenge. What is the next dance challenge on TikTok or on Instagram? And now it's just constantly people are, you know, being shot at. People are tear gases everywhere. You know, people being killed. It's just, that's such a switch from what we had from banana bread, how to bake banana bread to this. It's such a huge shift for a lot of people. And that could be shocking. Um, to Lily, I'm just going to ask, um, so we usually hear the terms like resilience and, you know, vicarious trauma and, you know, self-care. So I was just wondering, like, for the sake of the audience, what is resilience? Um, what is vicarious trauma? And then self-care overall, like what to you and like, you know, if you have any official definitions, what is, you know, what are all those terms? Yeah, so resilience is defined um, mostly by the process of adapting well in the face of adversity, trauma, tragedy, threats, or significant sources of stress. Um, so adapting well can mean a lot of things. A lot of people think of resilience as you bouncing back. So something happens to you and you're able to just go back to normal. But that's not just what resilience is, especially, you know, looking at, you know, everything going on now, we don't want to go back to normal. That's not the plan because, you know, the normal was women being miserable. The normal was women of color being miserable, black women being miserable, like black people being miserable and like encountering this constant trauma. So it's, so I really like to think of resilience less about bouncing back and more about finding different pathways. Mm-hmm. So like, all right, this, traumatic instance like blocks you in your path so how are you going to get around it and and move forward on your journey as a person um and how are you going to also take that moving forward um as for you know vicarious trauma i mean trauma within itself you know pretty basic an emotional response to a terrible event or a series of terrible events um you know the distinction there might be like a terrible event Maybe you getting in a car crash or witnessing a murder, but there's also this idea of like built up trauma over time. So a lot of the times when we're talking about, you know, trauma built up over time, we're talking about racial microaggressions. You know, it's not just one event. It's sort of a bunch of quote unquote little events being compounded all into one. And then you have vicarious trauma, which can also, depending on who you talk to, um, be interchanged with compassion fatigue. Some people define them differently. It really depends. But really what vicarious trauma and compassion fatigue are about, it's that when someone is engaging with someone who has been traumatized, um, they ha- there's this inherent, for most people, this inherent empathetic response. So the thing is, w- empathy means that you're feeling what the other person is feeling and so when you're when you get an empathetic response um to when you're interacting with someone who is traumatized or to a a traumatic event that you weren't dealing with um you start to feel it you start to take a certain amount of that trauma on yourself that's part of the reason why a lot of people who work in human rights and social work um, there's a really, really high burnout rate among these people. And it's because it is it is awful to watch people go through terrible things. Um, and so a lot of people are are 
I think, feeling that right now, you know, and and a lot of the sort of frustration right now um, around everything that's happened isn't just about this one killing, um, this one murder, but it's also about this intergenerational trauma of murder and persecution. Right. So, yeah. Thank you so much for the detailed explanation. Um, so yeah, like moving, I honestly agree with like vicarious trauma. I feel like the first time I, I it was in class. So we had this human rights class with Rohini and we got to inter- we got to watch some videos of like killings in a particular African country. I can't remember right now. And all that just kept coming to me was that could be me. That could be me. And like, it just kept going on and on in my head to the point where like, I just remember running to the bathroom and I just sat and I was just crying. And like, I was just feeling every like emotion, like all that weight, like on my own shoulder, like it was me and I, I couldn't do anything to stop it. And it was only me in that class who could really feel what they were feeling. So I was like, Oh my God, what is happening? Why am I crying? And you know, we had more trainings and I began to realize that, okay, well, this is what vicarious trauma is and this is possibly what I'm feeling. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so like another thing we, we decided to name this rated R and I just wanted to say like, just for the sake of the audience that is listening, it is not what you think rated R, but at the same time, it also is what you think because technically when you watch a movie and it says it's rated R, it means that it's probably violent, it's probably nudity. Um, and technically that is all we're watching these days and nobody's rating it. It's just literally for everyone to see. Nobody has literally said, okay, well this is rated R and all this violent content, people be shot if you watch videos in africa you see you know videos of women who have been raped people who have been killed so it's like technically all the stuff that we are watching is rated r and then also just for me i just also wanted to expand on like what the whole r is like the fact that we're currently in a resistance this is a revolution and then you know the last thing that we tend to forget is the resilience of it all like how do we try to help ourselves how do we create that cycle social security like Rachel mentioned to be able to you know keep on fighting um so that's how like the name came up <laughs> so i'm just going to you know just clarify that real quick um but i'm going to ask like moving on like um what is you know various resiliency social media tips that you've come up with that you've been trained with that have helped you you know while while you're watching videos or reviewing content online Rachel Yeah, so something I wanted to mention too, kind of before getting to that, or I guess kind of similarly, is I think resilience and like vicarious trauma, and at least the tips that we kind of are suggesting, like it's all, it's reactive, right? Because like, I think at this point, we've all been reading a lot of things and watching a lot of things that have made us feel some type of ways, but it's also preventative. And so some of the stuff, like, encourage, like, even if you're not feeling trauma right now, like, these things build up. And so like a lot of what's happening is like, how can you kind of build up like a pattern where it's healthy and like build up a community around these issues so that when trauma does come up, you have people to turn to and you have good practices like already in place. Um, So that's just something I wanted to emphasize as well. Um, But yeah, so some tips that I really like, I mean, starting with kind of like the most, like with the most graphic of footage, right? Like we're seeing kind of all kinds of graphic videos. And so for graphic videos in specific, Turning off the sound is really, really important. And it's something a lot of people don't think of. Like a lot of times the sound is going to be the most traumatic part of a video. Um, 
And if you watch it, like watching it, if you're on a computer, like making the screen smaller can also really help. So you're not like watching violence, like the full <laughs> screen of violence. Um, but yeah, minimizing the sound if you can, minimizing the brightness and color if you can, um, minimizing the size of the video. Um, so that's one really important one. Another really important one is just kind of like where and when to watch. Um, so I try to like, and this is harder, especially in shelter in place, but I think it's even more important, right? Like if you're up late at night, like watching videos in your bed, like, you know, your bed needs to be your safe place. Like you are going to like have like nightmares on repeat and like, just like start associating your bed with like awful things. If you're watching too much kind of like disturbing content or like heavy content when you're there. And so what I like to do is kind of when I'm doing work, um, and even nowadays, like when I'm going through social media, just kind of like you sit in another chair, like across the room or like you're in your kitchen, like in a place where other people in your house are, um, or you make sure it's bright, brightly lit and that you're doing it during the day. Um, so those are two really important things, like stay away from this stuff late at night and in your bed. Um, so those are a few of my favorites. Looking forward to hear what you girls think. Yeah, no, thank you so much. Um, we just like for the audience that's listening, we do have, um, we have created a lot of like designs on that. So Rachel has been super helpful with creating the, like just basically typing out the tips and I just being the peacock that I am, <laughs> just put some colors into the designs. Um, so, you know, after this, you know, listening to it, we do have like a lot of designs and helpful tips, but I would say to add is also checking the settings like you also listed out. Um, for it's like Facebook, Twitter, they have autoplay. So without you even clicking play, that video, that traumatic or graphic balance video would just stop playing. Um, so I usually tell people like, please, you know, check your settings, make sure that the autoplay is off so that you would have the choice to, you know, press play basically. And then also on WhatsApp, like when people send you videos or send you pictures, it would automatically download if you don't turn off that setting on WhatsApp. So you should also check the setting as well to turn it off. So those are like, you know, those kind of practical tips that is easy to do, but sometimes a lot of people forget or a lot of people don't realize that that's, you know, their phone is able to do that kind of thing. Um, so just for the interest of time, I want to move to Lily and like on the self-care part of things. So we've spoken on, you know, social media, the resiliency tips, but on taking the time out, like you're off your phone, you know, what do you do? Like, what are some helpful tips um, to just unwind and to help recover from what has been watched? Yeah. So. Um, self-care is so important and I think it's really misunderstood it's almost become like a meme in our society like oh well wine and face masks you know self-care and it's like I mean wine and I I love myself a good glass of wine and a face mask you know <laughs> that is to a certain extent self-care uh but self-care is so is about so much more about that it's literally it's about caring for yourself one of those things that you might need to do is not watch the videos. Listen, my one of my friends was at friends asked me, she was like, you know, I feel really guilty because I still haven't watched the video of George Floyd being murdered. And I was like, you do not have to. <laughs> like you you never have to watch the video. I mean, because what I asked her is is the video like you watching the video, you know, for me, I have to watch a lot of really graphic violent videos for my job i've been um i've been actually doing work on police brutality um outside of the u.s i can't name the specific country 
but I've been, I've been looking through videos there and I need to look at those videos because I'm investigating those instances. You, you don't need to watch every video that comes across your feed. Um, and then to another point, you know, self-care is about, like I said, just taking care of yourself. So I have this website, uh, that I love. It's called something like, um, so, so you feel like shit. Um, and it's this interactive website that you can go through and it's a self-care website and it's basically asking you like, all right, have you eaten today? All right. Have you had a glass of water? Did you get sleep recently? Can you take a nap? Is your room a mess? You know, cause I think in these times where we're focusing so much on the cause and everyone else, we can severely neglect ourselves and you know, it's great to be all in for the cause, but at the same time, you, you can't help anyone if you can't help yourself. And so make sure you're drinking water, make sure you're eating like balanced, as balanced meals as you can get a hold of, make sure you're taking the time that you can get. And of course, like not everyone can like full out, have, take out self-care spa time day, but there are all these little ways that you can just make sure and check in with yourself and make sure you're doing okay. And that is when you're feeling bad, but also like what Rachel said, this is also a preventative me measure. If you're used to making sure that you're taking care of yourself in the good times, you're going to have that habit of checking in with yourself and making sure you're, you're taking care of yourself when things get really bad. Yeah, no, thank you so much for that. I agree. Um, and also, like, to all the questions, I'm just going to add, like, have you showered? I think that's another question. Because some people, because we've been home for, like, <laughs> I try my best. Like, every day I tell myself, no matter what, I'm going to shower. Like, even if I'm not going out, I just need to, like, I need water to touch my body. I need to have music in the background. Like, it's, like, it's a constant routine. And I assure you, it's very helpful. Like, if you shower every day, at least it would remind your brain that it's a new day, that, you know, you know you're starting off to do something. Like, you're moving off your bed to, you know, do something else. So that's one question. Before have you eaten, ask yourself, have you showered? <laughs> so <laughs> that's just something to keep in mind. Um, you also mentioned the interactive site, which we're also going to, you know, link to our site. But I was hoping that you would walk us through, you know, the creative process. So for those of you listening, you know, Lily has been very helpful in creating this site. Um, so Lily is the site person, Rachel is the content, and I am the peacock for the designs. Um, so that's the, the trinity of us all. Oh, and then Lily and um, Rachel is the enforcer. Like she looks at all the, our designs and she's like, oh, this is crap, take it all out. Like, she's the one who sees everything objectively because, you know, as an artist, you never really see the ugliness in your art until someone tells you. So Rachel is that person to say, um, Pearl, that shit is ugly, so take it. <laughs> um, so I just want to let you all know our roles. Um, so yeah, without further ado, uh, I would love you really to just like take us through the website, you know, so that people who do get on the website can get it, um, an understanding of what to expect and how to navigate um, what is currently on the site. Oh, so this is the homepage. Um, and so it has our title rated R and sort of the three R's rated R, resistance, revolution, resilience self-care and vicarious trauma in the digital days of COVID-19, sexual violence and global uprisings. Uh, so right here, we just basically have a description of sort of what this project is and um, who we are with our 
spaces and stuff. You can click on us, go see our profiles. And then we also have this donation section at the bottom because we still want to make sure that people are, you know, donating to like a lot of really great causes, um, especially because, you know, some of these organizations, some organizations with COVID-19 or Black Lives Matter or like women's rights, they've been flooded with donations. And, and so we want to drive attention to like smaller orgs. Then we have the about page, which the about is more just about, you know, this topic in general. So on here, you're going to have sort of what we're a description of resilience and why it's important. Some other basic definitions along with I link a guide at the bottom of the basic definitions uh, section where it's this whole like translations and guides for psychological terms. Um, so, you know, one of the biggest things is that our making sure our website is accessible, um, you know, so, it, or if you want to have a conversation with your friend or family member where maybe English isn't their first language, you can still have the tools to have that conversation with them. And then some informational videos about vicarious trauma, intergenerational trauma, trauma from racism, you know, trauma in Black women, and then like different, you know, videos on resilience, resilience, resi uh, overall resilience framework, resilience in COVID-19, resilience in racism, resilience and vicarious trauma. Um, and then we have our toolkit page. Um, so this is where we're uploading a lot of our um, the tools that we're making, so slides, PowerPoint presentations, guides, um, you know, I also right here right now, I have um, Google Sheet of free intersectional resources. So let's say you specifically as like a Black trans woman um, wanted a specific like mental health resource that you felt like really spoke to that like intersection, that intersection that you are at, then you can go on here and you can find that resource. Uh, I really hope to make this a more complete thing one day and actually make it into like a searchable, um, into a searchable database. And then lastly, we have the events page. Um, we don't have any upcoming events right now, but Pearl did throw an amazing event recently and I really want to have some more in the future. Like I said, very passionate about all this stuff. But yeah, and um, of course, Pearl did this amazing design with all of our hands, these hands here. Also this, um, just it's, this website really is like a collaboration. Right. Thank you so much for the rundown of our amazing sites. And like you mentioned, it's just, you know, an effort or like a gift of collaboration and our passion. Um, and I like just, you know, I was talking to you yesterday and we we're just talking about like the fact that it's black and pink, like as much as, you know, the revolution and all that could seem very dark, you know, there's this, the pink is obviously for a design perspective, such a good contrast and also just shows like the femininity of it all, the subtleness and like the emotions, the empathy. So that's the reason why we have that contrast between the black and the pink. Um, but yeah, that's just, you know, the rundown of the site. And, you know, I thank you again, Lily, for taking on, because I had no idea of a site. You just, she was like, I can create a site. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Do as you want, because I've never, I'm not going to create a site. So thank you so much. Um, so lastly, to round us off, I just wanted to get like 
our hopes for this, you know, project. Like I'm excited about it. You know, I'm, I'm sure you both are excited about it. So, you know, as a sign off to the audience, like what is your hope for them when they do come on the sites, when they, you know, interact with our toolkits, with the videos, what is your hope for them? So we'll start off with Rachel. Yeah, I mean, more than anything, I just hope it's useful, right? I mean, like we started this in order to get give people the tools that you guys need and that we all need to kind of cope with this onslaught of information. And I really, really hope like if our the resources that we're putting out can make a positive difference in people's lives and like encourage people to think more about like how we're interacting with social media, how we're staying safe and healthy when we're interacting with social media. I think that's the goal. And I think the goal too, again, is like, you know, how to make this kind of activism, you know, sustainable over the long term because like, you know, the goal is like this movement, like this movement shouldn't be over in five days time, you know, like we need to keep this stuff like in our minds and like in our feeds and like keep learning and keep growing and like keep digesting information that makes us uncomfortable so that like we can help create change. And my goal is that the resources that we've put out can help people to do that. Thank you so much for that, Rachel. Um, Lily. Yeah. So for me, it's really all about the the sort of idea between with like resistance and revolution is that there has to be something to resist against. There has to be something to revolt against. And, you know, the the best way to, to like create like sustaining long lasting change is to like resist through existence, resist through persistence. And the only way you can really do that is through resilience. I mean, you know, the, a lot of the systems in this world want to see a lot of people suffer and because it benefits other people. Um, you know, one of the things that I always try to keep in mind is that, you know, as someone who experience, who has experienced some of my own trauma, the the best way to like fight against it and fight against the people who gave me that has been to exist in person and go out there and be an advocate. But you can only do that if you take care of yourself, Um, you know, and as to like the vicarious trauma element, I just really want to make sure that, you know, that, you know, people who are trying to, um, to like work as allies out there also like continue the work and make sure, you know, because a lot of the time you you want to burn out and you burn out from like all the compassion fatigue and then you sort of draw back and you stop helping but like we cannot stop helping you know specifically with the issues that we're addressing you know racism can only be ended at the hands of white people because we are the problem and so you know as someone who's trying to be an ally the most as a white person, the most important thing is that I make sure that I'm taking care of myself so I can continue to be an ally and work as an ally. So then I can make sure that like, I'm making sure that this is a long lasting project of dismantling systemic racism in this country um, and not getting burned out on compassion fatigue, but definitely maintaining compassion um, for for my black siblings, for all my siblings of color. Um, so yeah. Thank you so much, um, Lily, Rachel. Um, yeah, honestly, like all your points are valid. So 
And you, know, you both being allies, I, I can say that as a Black woman, generally, like, the brunt of, like, the compassion, the people who actually hold the community up are actually Black women. So there's just this a, a lot of emotional turmoil, like, the capacity to be there, to be nurturers, to fight, like, it's a lot, like, generally, like, we're still also being targeted, and we still also have to give to the community, um, so that's one of the reasons why I had to do it, because I felt like this is, this is going to be a lot for Black women, especially, um, and, like, what can we do to create that safe space, and that's why I had that event on Sunday, because I just wanted to make people feel comfortable, because, I mean, aside from all these events, we're still looking for jobs, we're still, like, we're still in our jobs, like, some of us are, you know, in our careers, we're out of school. There's just so many things that are still going on personally that we have to deal with. We have to deal with coworkers. We have to deal with relationships. Some of them might be abusive. The man might not text you back, that kind of shit. All that is going on. And then still there's just like systemic racism. There are people being killed. Um, so I was like, well, this is my hope that people can see this and, you know, feel like it's okay to not be okay. They are not the only person. And then there are resources that could help you at least navigate this space. As a caveat, you know, I just want to mention that we are not therapists. You know, for everybody who's listening, we're not therapists. We're not licensed counselors. We are just <laughs> students. We're also learning to, you know, get into residency. It's just that we've, what we've learned is our own way of giving back to society and giving back to the revolution. Because in the end, when people are being, you know, when we're standing the test of time, like where were you when this was happening? We want to say that this is what we're able to contribute. And this is, you know, this is it. So rated R is our collective contribution from a black woman to with her white allies. And this is what we're doing um, to give back to the movement, to the pandemic, um, to the gender violence back in West Africa, Nigeria. This is our gift. And I just want to say thank you to both Lily and Rachel. Thank you all for just coming in so excitedly, passionately. I just, I, my idea just comes to me and I was like, who can I, who can I ask? And then you both came to mind and I just want to say thank you so much. Um, so yeah, you can just say thank you to the audience, you know, just for listening to your amazing voices and we'll sign out. <laughs> Well, thank you, Pearl. You are amazing. It is an honor to work with you always. And I'm so proud of everything you've accomplished and just like excited to work with you and excited to be here. Um, thank you for inviting us onto this podcast. And thank you all for listening. Thank you guys all for fighting the fight with us and being willing to be resilient and to resist um, and to listen to any, like listen to everything we've shared um, please let us know if you have thoughts or questions or ideas. Send them all to Pearl. She will make sure we hear them. Um, and I'm super excited. Yeah. Thank you. Um, thank you to Pearl for inviting me onto this project. Again, just have adored working with you. And also um, love you, Rachel. Always love working with you as well. Uh, this time, not as my manager. <laughs> as my as my co as my co-creators yeah um and and thank you to everyone listening I really hope that we shared some valuable information and that you'll be able to get something out of the website um you know pass it on share it around um it's something it's a conversation that we really need to have and that we've uh really really neglected um 
you know, in this country overall, the topic of mental health. And so, um, yeah, get, I hope uh, you start thinking about it and maybe even get talking about it. So thank you. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. This has been Beyond the Code and your hostess is Pearl signing off from the Bay Area with all the love and resilience. Remember, the revolution is being televised right now. So stay safe and continue to fight. Goodbye and God bless.